This is Popaganda, the feminist response to pop culture podcast. I'm Sarah Merck. Chaos. We spend so much energy trying to avoid it. Both in politics and in our personal lives, things rarely go as planned. But that doesn't stop us from trying, from willing and working to make things and people and countries fall in line. But often, chaos is just what we need. After all, there are a lot of things that could use some shaking up. In an essay published last year in The Nation, author Toni Morrison wrote in praise of chaos. She said, like failure, chaos contains information that can lead to knowledge, even wisdom. So instead of running from chaos and fearing it, we can learn from chaos. After all, the world tends toward upheaval and evolution. Nothing stays static, not even stones. Maybe we can embrace chaos as the most constant force in our universe. Chaos is the theme of our new print issue, which is hitting subscribers' mailboxes right about now. And this issue highlights three writers from the issue, talking about politics, the human side of so-called natural disasters, and the power of male tears. Stay tuned. This story begins with an earthquake. I was alone. The walls are trembling. You can hear the building kind of move. Last summer, and, writer and activist um, Bonnie Amor was in Quito, yeah, Ecuador, when the city was rocked by an earthquake. Bonnie was there, in part, to report on the aftermath of another huge earthquake that had struck the country in April, hitting the provinces of Manabí and Esmeraldas especially hard and killing at least 673 people. So when all of Quito started shaking under Bonnie's feet, Bonnie Amor feared for the worst. You know, I remember this April talking to a friend who actually lost family members due to the earthquake in Ecuador. And I was just like, I can't imagine what it's like to just be walking down the street and the earth beneath you just shakes. It's just like kind of like unthinkable. So when it happened, I was just I, I, I feared for my life. That's the first thing that I think like, oh, shit, you know, I could die. This is the end. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And then the shaking stopped. Bonnie wasn't sure what to do. Go outside and try to find friends? Stay inside alone? The choices were limited. I deal with a lot of, like, physical disabilities that kind of, like, limit my movement and, like, my access to travel in certain ways. So uh, at that point in August, like, I, I could barely walk. I was having a lot of problems with my mobility. And Quito is, like, a, a city of diagonals. Like, it's just walking up and down mountains. It's super high altitude. Like, uh, I was with my cane. Um, so my friend's apartments that would, like, people were inviting me and stuff from my family that was, like, on the other side of the country, it just wasn't accessible. So I made a decision to, um, to stay by myself and sleep by myself. And it was, you know, I was light sleeping. It was really hard. All alone, Bonnie was clearly upset and kept thinking about how it could have been so much worse. You know, I'm shaking. I'm just like, I'm just trying to be calm. But, you know, my initial reaction was just crying 
because, you know, I, I felt safe in the moment. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I also felt like I had, I don't know, I had a lot of privilege and access that a lot of people who are affected by these um, quote-unquote natural disasters aren't. Natural disasters. That's the phrase people often use to describe disasters like earthquakes, floods, and fires. We usually use it without thinking. But as Bonnie Amore points out, a lot of the devastation wrought in these situations is not natural. It's made by humans. In Bitch's Chaos Issue, Bonnie delves into this idea in an article called Unnatural Disasters, the Human Cost of Human-Caused Disasters. And a lot of these places that are most targeted and most affected by uh, quote-unquote natural disasters were like made environmentally vulnerable to those effects intentionally through environmentally racist policy. While disaster can strike randomly, of course, humans often play a role in what we think of as purely natural disasters. Deforestation contributes to mudslides. The industrial process of fracking has led to a huge jump in earthquakes. Floods increasingly happen in areas along coastlines that have been eroded by human water management projects and oil projects. Low-lying areas are even more vulnerable to floods because of rising sea levels caused by climate change. It just decimates the coast um, and all of the natural kind of shore barriers that the Earth has to protect it, protect land from floods and stuff like that. People in coastal regions tend to be historically, you know, black and brown people in, in uh, coastal regions historically were, you know, fisher folk working um, off of the land, subsisting off of small-scale fishery and kind of living, working with the ecosystems that, you know, are, you know, part of their ancestral lands. And those people are, you know, the most marginalized. So we, we see these set of factors that come into play before these disasters hit, like um, commercial overfishing off of the coastlines. There's like these invasive industries, corporate industries, a lot of times illegal industries that come in and just take over the coast and um, of, you know, places in the global south. Uh, and um, that just really decimates the ecosystems on those coasts, making it more vulnerable to floods and things like that. So those people, I mean, you know, that's environmental racism. And in all disasters, the brunt of the devastation is borne by the most vulnerable people, the people who have the fewest resources to escape and who have fewer resources to rebuild. So-called, quote, natural disasters are not neutral acts of God. The very human components of color, class, and gender play huge roles in the chaos. In the relief effort after Ecuador's April earthquake, Bonnie and other organizers saw that many of the people most hurt by the quake, black and trans residents of Ecuador's coastal cities, weren't getting help. Bonnie was among activists who fundraised to send money directly to the people and queer-led organizations that needed support. People who needed stuff the most did not get it, and that's how it happens. That's how it goes. As Bonnie points out in their article, Unnatural Disasters, these kinds of DIY efforts and small group fundraisers played a bigger role in the relief efforts in Ecuador than official government programs. The newspaper El País reported that 83% of the shelters that sprang up after the quake were DIY efforts. Another paper reported that 6,500 Ecuadorians were staying in official shelters, while 22,500 were staying in unofficial ones. In times of disaster, the most vulnerable people relied on each other and on their communities for support.
The world saw similar dynamics play out with Hurricane Katrina. As researchers for the U.S. Geological Survey have determined, the coastal areas of Louisiana and Alabama that were hit by Hurricane Katrina have been made more susceptible to massive flooding thanks to oil and gas companies' rapid destruction of the native wetlands, whose mangroves and plant life are usually buffers between the land and the sea. A giant Army Corps of Engineers canal built to help the shipping industry also destroyed those buffering wetlands. And of course, the Bush administration cut the budget for levee repair, leaving the city's infrastructure vulnerable to, quote, natural disasters. All of this adds up to a clear picture. While the hurricane was made of wind and water, humans played key roles in its destructive impact. What Katrina showed us was that it it can happen in the United States, in a place where we have all these resources and all this access and the richest place in the world. And, you know, this is the country that uses up like the majority of the resources, uh, natural resources in the world that leads to climate change. It's undeniable that the race and class inequality in the region created an unequal dynamic in who got out before the hurricane and who got stranded in homes, on rooftops, and in hospitals without electricity or clean water. If you had the choice to leave, you fucking left. Um, And those people tended to be white and have money and have access to be able to leave and come back and rebuild. The biggest place we've seen this called out in pop culture recently is, of course, Beyonce's song, Formation. What happened at the New Orleans? When she dropped that, like, those are the first words you hear and those first scenes that you see of Formation. It's like, shit. Formation's video, if you haven't seen it, is full of scenes of a flooded landscape. Beyonce reclines on the top of a New Orleans police car, marooned in a flooded neighborhood, where homes have water up to their windowsills. You know, going back to Lemonade, that was really, it was really like truth-telling. Because, um, what happened after New Orleans? Looking at the science of climate change, in the future, we're in for more and more disasters. Floods caused by wetland destruction and water management projects, droughts caused by agriculture's drain on aquifers, hurricanes made far worse by warming seas. We can't see these as just random, natural acts. We have to think about the role we humans play in this chaos and how we can help each other survive. We need to learn from it, you know? Um, you know, us, the masses who are going to be affected by it now, you know, This new administration is going to be so much worse when it comes to environmental racism and climate change and contributing to that. And it's going to hit us and we need to be kind of prepared. We need to learn from what didn't happen in Katrina. And like you said, we need to look at socialized, community-led efforts to prevent these things, to uh, protect the environment in places where, you know, black and brown people are uh, living and make sure that they are kind of in charge of their own industries. Writer Bonnie Amor is working on a new series of articles about the human cost and human causes of climate change. The series will be published on our site, bitchmedia.org, in mid-December. Keep an eye out. I can